Keep your taste diverse but your cooking simple. Hi, welcome to Bite on This, an A to Z food podcast produced by the Better India. I'm Shruti Singhal. It's nearly winter in Bengaluru. Because of the overcast sky, we often read the time wrong and the hour is usually later than we think. The morning routine all but goes for a toss. The day passes in pursuit of all things warm, food, beverage and blanket. Pure bliss. For foodies like me, one of the best things about winter is that you can thoroughly enjoy food, whether it's hot or cold, sweet or savory. And the joy of eating desserts in the cold is unrivaled. So there are three Indian deserts: hot, room temperature, frozen, and everyone loves it. Everyone has tried it, India or internationally. They are made into the global map: is gulab jamun, rasmalai, and kulfi. That's Ashish Bhasin, executive chef at the Leela in Gurugram, one of the most renowned hotels in our country. He talks to me about his favorite dessert. It's a simple, straightforward, beautiful, tasty, delicious, awesome dish. Kulfi is never going to lose its charm because there is no competition for kulfi. The most sold Indian dessert is kulfi. If not 99, at least 90-95 percent of Indian restaurants. have kulfi as their most selling dessert i just wish others also get their due recognition his love for kulfi takes me back to the good old days of childhood and indian summers what made those long sunny afternoons bearable well mangoes of course which have already gushed about in this series and the much awaited bell of the kulfi wala's bicycle i still remember as a kid that thela wala used to come in front of Our house is going with that tan 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 like a ghanti kind of a thing. We run out because that ghanti was the thing that this is a kulfi wala. Did you know that the word kulfi actually referred not to the dish but to the container in which milk was frozen? It was like it was a metal cone in which the reduced milk was stuffed with nuts and saffron, put it in the ice to freeze, and then a frozen dessert was served to guests. Okay, so I guess we can say that kulfi is the Indian predecessor of the modern ice cream. But how did it come into being? Indian cuisine is a cuisine which has varied a lot. It has regularly evolved. Reduced milk desserts were always there in India, and uh, when Mughals came to India, they were actually from Central Asia, and they couldn't survive the heat. Uh, Hakim suggested cooks to develop something cold, so the sharbats came into picture. flavored sharbat and for that they wanted ice so boats would travel from the mainland to the himalayas and back again carrying cool water and ice in wooden boxes to protect and preserve the contents clean muslin cloth bags of jute wooden shavings and saltpeter were used all to make sure that the ice did not melt There were detailed descriptions of this practice in the Aini Akbari or the Administration of Akbar. It is a 16th century document that detailed the administration of the Mughal Empire under Emperor Akbar. Written by his court historian. According to Fazl, 
It was Akbar who introduced saltpeter for cooling in India. Water was poured into small containers which was placed in larger containers having water and saltpeter. These containers were removed after 7 or 8 minutes. But the Harsha Charitra which was written much before Akbar's time in the 7th century AD or about 1400 years ago also mentions ways of keeping things cool by using ice historians believe the ice must have been brought from the himalayas as it continued to happen in the mughal period at that time it was nuts and saffron kulfi they used to use lot of nuts lot of saffron in their cuisine because they came from that belt so their cuisine was very very aromatic This recipe was also listed in the ANA Akbari. But that was a few hundred years ago. During this time, the gulfi traveled all over the country, becoming a summer staple as mothers carried out their experiments. The use of dried fruits and some mild spices became a part of the mold. While it's still available on sticks and clay pots, it also inspires innovation in gourmet eateries that serve it chopped on dessert plates. The flavors also incorporate seasonal fruits like lychee and pomegranate as well apart from unusual ones like tamarind. I'm told that kulfis are especially joyful in Kolkata with the use of real fruits not the canned ones laced with preservatives. Apparently there's a vendor who serves orange kulfi which has the frozen pulp of fresh oranges. And of course there are low fat less sugar options for the health conscious or those looking to reduce their sugar intake. the minute you say kulfi it gives you a very indian mind you know so it gives you a very indian palate so you feel like it can only be matched with like a kesar flavor or a pista flavor or more of a fruit flavor that's not the case kulfi itself is so pleasurable to eat that it just needs to change its appearance a little bit and i think everybody would accept it just the way it is that's parvana mistri she takes care of purchase and production at the mumbai based pasi dairy farm She tells me that apart from the regular malai kulfi, their fruit flavors like mango and custard apple are especially popular. The Parsi Dairy Farm was started by Nariman Ardeshar in the early 1900s, more than a hundred years ago. Despite his humble beginnings, he was intelligent and enterprising. Whether it was posing as an errand boy, offering to buy books and stationery for parents walking to the market, or working in a cold drink shop. When kids his age would be engrossed in play, Nariman looked for business opportunities everywhere. One day, he heard a conversation between two customers about the richness of milk from a particular shop. It is a Parsi shop. There is no milavat or dilution. These words stayed with him as he stood on Princess Street in then Bombay, selling up to 40 liters of fresh milk each day. By the 1980s the dairy sold 40000 odd liters of milk and opened outlets like Princess Bhelpuri Wala and Princess Kulfi House. These soon became the popular places for the best kulfi and the most hygienic chaat. These words even went on to define his business strategy as his dairy grew to be passed down to successive generations of his family. Today Parsi Dairy Farm is a renowned name in Mumbai, selling milk and milk products. It's run by its fourth generation, which includes Parvana Mistri. 
mean it's one of our most selling products at Parsi Daily. And not only because we're a hundred years old uh, and it's been there for so long and has such a good name, it's not because of that. I genuinely feel it's a product that can reach out a lot because it uh, it has a very good standing when it comes to its shelf life. It can be transported from place to place, and at the same time, it's a very it's a very very old traditional Indian dessert. So I definitely feel that it's going to go a long way. I don't think it's going to die out anytime soon. While Parvana is a fan of the traditional kulfi, she believes that a bit of innovation will make sure that it doesn't melt away from our hearts anytime soon. So, for example, coffee is a very westernized flavor. It's a little bit of a modern twist, you know, to stay up with the modernization mm. of everything. So, those in Mumbai can begin their days with a coffee in a desi avatar. I do believe that the younger generation is not that attached to it. I mean, if you ask somebody who grew up in the 60s or 70s, they would uh, prefer to pick up a piece of kulfi than pick up ice cream, because that's like a childhood memory that everybody has. Mm-hmm. So we constantly keep trying to innovate different flavors, because you have to kind of go with the market. So I just think that you have to innovate it in ways that even today's generation will appreciate it. You're listening to Bite on This. An A to Z food podcast produced by the Better India. I'm Shruti Singhal. In the last ten years or so, the ice cream industry in India has grown by scoops and cones, with a revenue of more than 1.5 billion US dollars in 2016. This number is expected to more than double by 2021. One factor that contributes to this phenomenal growth is the increase in disposable incomes. Consider this. Previously, ice cream was a product which was considered indulgent, reserved for special occasions. But today, it is projected and perceived as a snacking option. Because now the newer generation has so much more uh, variety and so much more to look forward to, other than only that one cold dessert. So there is a certain amount of competition in that sense. Uh, I think it's just about us developing to the newer taste also. Because kulfi, ultimately, like I said before, it's—I mean, it's—it's it's really yummy the way it is. It's just about getting it into the flavor of the generation today, which I think is pretty much what we're trying to do at our end. So let's check out the new entrants in the cold, frozen desert industry: soft serve, which typically has less milk fat and more air incorporated into it than ice cream to achieve its fluffy texture. Frozen custard, which contains at least 1.4% egg yolk solids and at least 10% milk fat, both of which give it a thicker consistency. Sherbet, which is usually flavored with fruit and contains lower milk fat, between 1 and 2%, it tends to be slightly sweeter than ice cream. Sorbet, a non-dairy dessert which is made from frozen juices, purees, and other flavorings like wine. Frozen yogurt. which is similar to ice cream in the way that it is made except that the ingredients include yogurt cultures clearly like parvana said there are too many options today and kulfi occupies but a small space of this landscape the sad part of kulfi is uh, there are a few ingredients that can be used to make a kulfi or just like that that's ajay nesargi a former coder He's done a great deal of research about common ingredients used in the food industry. Let's hear him out. People should realize 
that you know a traditional method of making kulfi will never allow a kulfi maker to sell at 10 rupees 15 rupees from what i know technically it's around 36% that is out of 1 liter you get 360 grams of kulfi worthy milk that thickness then on that he has to add saffron and dry fruits and all that then make kulfi sure it's reduced condensed milk which has been sweetened and flavored we've heard that ajay elaborates now supposing you you go and uh, have a kulfi in the market it's, it's another flavor that's all they would have added a few pieces of almonds and cashew nuts and all that but if you look at the ingredient list uh, artificial nature identical flavoring substances uh, okay that doesn't sound right so he will take chemical which gives you saffron color and saffron taste smell and that's it wow sounds disturbing right what can we do about this ajay suggests reading the ingredients more carefully ajay has another solution without additives artificial flavors colors or chemicals he has been turning the tide in the ice cream industry with his natural gelatos gelato in italian means frozen so a good gelato is never stored and sold like an ice cream whereas an ice cream basically is a combination of various chemicals to give you a final product what chemicals as as surprising and shocking to many 70 to 80% of our ice creams don't even have a drop of milk in it the basic ingredients of an ice cream are because it has no milk it's got skim powder which they call milk solids they add butter some good ones add butter otherwise a lot of them use vegetable oil which includes palm oil also to combine skim milk powder and palm oil they use an ingredient which is an emulsifier emulsifiers or e471 are a big debate today because there's not enough clarity about whether they come from plant or animal sources it's basically from either beef or uh, i would say generalizing it from animal source and when i asked a scientist about e471 from vegetarian derivative he said it's very very expensive and the strange part is the structure is so similar one cannot distinguish the product whether it is from an animal source or a plant source as common people with little information and no time we don't realize that we're consuming a bunch of chemicals in the name of edibles so how is ajay's gelato different from the regular bowl of ice cream today uh, my method of making gelato is very different i use uh, a customized and we along with a bunch of engineers from italy we designed a machine that can make ice cream you know wherever you want and not necessary that you have to have a three phase connection and high voltage and all that so kulfi is an indian version of gelato so even when i make kulfi i it is the same machine okay and what about ice cream you know nowadays ice cream industry has become so predominant and uh, can you believe you can buy an ice cream 4 liters for 150 rupees now please understand 
if you are getting 4 liters of any flavor for 150 rupees, what would his manufacturing cost be and what is he putting in that? The truth is 4 liters is hardly around 400 or 500 grams. He pumps in so much air to volumize it. It's nothing but pure chemical and uh, now that you know, next time when you have an ice cream, just let it on your tongue. It, it evaporates like it's not there at all next moment. You may think, wow, what quality air is just evaporating in my mouth. The truth is, there's hardly any ingredient in it that can stay on your tongue. Because it's predominantly milk powder, oil, E471 as a binder, and then flavors to enhance it, to give you the flavor you want. So not a drop of milk in it. So it's a temporary taste and will mess up your system. Exactly. So remember, we all love to eat ice cream in the night. Would you be able to see, uh, sleep with 26% sugar in your body? Sugar is a hyperactive ingredient. That is why I say technology is driving the food industry backwards. We have so many diseases that the Western countries are giving us which were not heard at all, where nobody heard about cancer 15 years back. And that mild cold or sore throat you sometimes get on having ice cream? Ajay tells me that this is more to do with the chemicals and ingredients than the temperature of the product. In any case, he clarifies that his intention is not to scare people, even though this conversation sounds quite worrisome. He's trying to get us to be more aware and mindful of what we buy and eat. He holds talks in schools as well, getting youngsters to look behind the wrappers and study the ingredients before buying the attractive items from the aisles of supermarkets. The element that struck me was ice cream, so I started gelato. In fact, mine is the first product, probably in India, which will be 100% natural, using real milk, real ingredients, yet keeping it at the max of 65 to 7% fat, to call it, you know, low-fat natural dessert. He's also honing his skills to make the best natural ice cream. He believes that the installation of top-loading ice cream makers in his upcoming outlets will be a game-changer because he can cater to customized tastes. Soon, you will also be able to see your ice cream being churned right in front of you with every specification – low milk or no milk, stevia instead of sugar, and so on. So our major takeaway from this episode is, slurp your kulfi or ice cream or gelato or what have you. But spare a moment to check the ingredients. Even if it melts, you'll be better informed about what you're putting into your system. You ask the person selling it, how they make it, to understand and tell them to produce good quality and pay good money for them. When we are buying a natural ice cream for 70-80 rupees, why not pay the same for a good coffee? You've been listening to Bite on This, an A to Z food podcast by The Better India. I'm Shruti Singhal. Music and sound effects from YouTube's audio library. If you enjoyed our podcast, do share it with your friends and family. And if you really loved what you heard, then please do drop us a review. Don't forget to subscribe to it. 
we are on a bunch of platforms including Anchor, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts and the Better India website.